friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Alicia Barr. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Alicia and I have known each other for a while now. She and I spoke on a couple summits together. I now work with her for helping me with sales. And that's what we're going to talk about today. She is the owner and the strategist and marketing strategist that helps show entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, the secret art of subtle selling. Now, if you're saying, wait, subtle selling, what is that all about? That's what we're going to dive into today. So welcome, Alicia, for joining me. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so excited to be here on your show after a hundred episodes. Pretty big I milestone. I know. Well, th- yeah, it was a huge milestone. And I, That's big. It, like I said, in my Instagram post, it definitely snuck up on me that that hundred episode mark, but it's been something that's been really fun to do every week. And I get to talk to amazing people like you. And, and like I said, I got to know about you because we'd spoken on a couple summits together. I joined your Facebook group and you gave so many wonderful tips and advice. And I was like, okay, I got to know more about what this lady does here because it sounds amazing. And so, but before we dive into subtle selling, just tell us a little bit about you and what your life was like growing up here before you you came to Colorado. Yeah, so I'm from Houston, Texas, which it's gotten better there, but it's still very flat and very <laughs> hot. And I lived in Austin for a little bit after Houston. Not as flat, but still really hot. And lots um, of bugs. We don't have the bug problem here in Colorado. Oh, people are like sh- shocked shocked and stunned when I tell them that there are no mosquitoes here in Texas. You could absolutely never have your door open or your windows open at any point in the year um, because you would be eaten by mosquitoes. (laughs) There's not even roaches are just a common part of life in Texas. No roaches here. I mean, we, I, I got an opportunity to work with the Denver post actually. And I was like, okay, I probably am not going to stay there, but it'll make the move financially easier. And so we, we took it. It was the only place in the country that we would relocate to. Cause I mean, Austin is really cool for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't have the Rocky mountains. The Rocky mountains are stunning. Like people from all over the world come to see those and we get to look at them all the time. I know we're so spoiled here in Colorado with our beautiful mountains. Well, and, and so you started at the Denver post that well you had other jobs before you ended up at the Denver post, but that's what brought you out here to Colorado. And for our listeners that are not from Colorado, the Denver post is the local newspaper. So tell us a little bit about what you did for the Denver post. Yeah. So I also worked for the newspaper in Austin and for both of them, I was a digital specialist. So I worked with people like with print accounts to convert them over to digital. So being on like the newspapers, websites and stuff like that. And newspapers have just become basically huge media buying companies, like outside of just what's on their websites and stuff. My original sales experience has always been selling digital marketing (laughs) to big companies, companies of all sizes, all different industries. It's a really good experience because, you know, working with auto dealers compared to working with real estate compared to working with like 
regular companies. It's all very different type of person. And so it's, it makes for good diversity of experience to help you handle any weird sales situation that could be thrown at you. Well, and Alicia, I know that you've sold over $50 million in services and it's using this proven sales approach that you teach to solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that help them close over 80% of their leads. And that is something that is nothing to sneeze at is, is the closing. How once people decide they want to do business with you and you get them on the call, closing it is a whole nother battle and a whole nother strategy than, than what I do of just getting them into your network and, and showcasing who you are and how you can help them. The sales process is definitely a little intimidating. And I think it's something that's really important for not just the solopreneurs, but entrepreneurs, small business owners, when they're getting started, how can they figure out how to close the sale? Yeah. It's such a sticking point for a lot of people. All of a sudden they feel like this weird power imbalance and they try to maybe like talk about the features of their service. Like I'll give you this and that, but they don't like connect the results. So the other person's like, I don't want that. They deal with like ghosting. Let me think about it. I need to talk to my so-and-sos, all of that kind of stuff where in the sales conversation, you can actually like have a transparent conversation throughout. And I think, it, you know, a transparent conversation about if they need to talk to a so-and-so about if this works for them, if there's anything missing, these important questions. But I know after working with you, Katie, like a lot of it is just explaining it the same thing differently in different words, because what you do is something people want, but you just might not be communicating it so that the other person realizes it. So I help give you the words for sure, but also help you remember that this is just a normal conversation. You're just a regular person. And Katie thought she was so bad at sales and You've closed every single person you've talked to since we working together. And um, I knew it. I, I love when people think that they're like a bad at sales because they're you're almost always really good at sales because they don't seem like a salesperson. And everyone wants to buy from someone who doesn't seem like a salesperson. And that's where the the subtle selling comes into yes. play. And I think that for me, it it was one of the problems that I had with my sales and, and selling was. I wasn't asking a lot of these questions. And so I was getting ghosted. I was, you know, hearing the responses of, well, let me talk with so-and-so. And it's shown me with a lot of the process that you teach and, and the framework that you implement is you have to be a really good listener. And in the back of all of my questions or when I am on a, a sales call with somebody, I'm always kind of thinking, why? And let's just talk about what subtle selling is before we dive into going through this whole framework. Yeah. So subtle selling is basically like once you've mastered it, the other person doesn't feel like they're talking to somebody about buying something at all. They completely forget it's a sales conversation and the pitch is sort of weaved like throughout the call instead of it being that standard like Q&A, Q&A, Q&A pitch and then objections. It's just woven throughout the entire call, which makes it feel really seamless and natural. And it's almost every one of the people you talk to, as long as they're fit, will move forward with you. So it just, instead of, of it feeling like you're talking to a salesperson, the person feels like they're talking to an expert who can really take care of them. 
And so that's why they almost always say yes. Well, and when did you realize, Alicia, that you had a framework that was so successful? I mean, you were in the the digital marketing, the digital sales side of things at the Denver Post. What made you decide to go down the entrepreneur journey and teach this framework to entrepreneurs? So I actually had like a marketing agency first, and I had it for about three years. And then I, I dissolved it and started doing just sales because I realized that in the online entrepreneur space specifically, I mean, everywhere, there's a lot of really bad sales training, but in the online entrepreneur space specifically, there's some strategies that are really not comfortable and also don't work very well. So like this, uh, pain and shame selling with like the cost of an action where it's like, so if you don't solve this, you'll end up homeless and divorced and your kids will hate you. Like you take them like all the way down this path. And then if they don't move forward with you, you're like, okay, cool. So have a great life being like homeless and, and having, <laughs> you know, no kids, you idiot, you, you know, it's like this very uncomfortable process for most people to implement. Cause you're just making the other person feel so bad about themselves and so hopeless. And the idea is to bridge the gap, right? Bridge the gap from the pain to heaven, which is your solution. But it it takes a ton of energy and it's also just really transparent. Like, I'm sorry, do you think you're the only option for like health and fitness? Like, no. (laughs) So I may, if I remain obese, I may lose my wife and my kids, but I don't have to work with you to not be obese. And that's like such a big piece that's missed from the like online entrepreneur strategies, not to mention they're just uncomfortable overused at this point. It's actually an old life insurance strategy from long ago that people are still using. So I just realized such a huge need was there for people to have this relief that they don't need to change themselves. They don't need to do anything that's uncomfortable. Like typical sales training is like, oh, here's this thing that feels really weird do it anyway and do it hundreds of times. And then it won't feel weird anymore. Who the hell wants to do that? That's why everybody hates sales. They're like, Oh God, I have to do this thing that I hate and I won't be good at it until I do it a thousand times. Who who, who wants to encounter that? They're like trying to find their way out as soon as possible. So there was such a need to help people who are just good people who like the service that they fulfill and they like the result that they get the client. They just really give a shit about them, you know, and they appreciate that impact. They just needed a way to tell the prospect that that's who they were and bring them in. And so it's so relieving for them to realize they don't have to do something that feels weird. They don't have to act like anybody else. And I just love seeing that relief on their face. It's like giving somebody a superpower that they're like, all of a sudden, this big, nasty problem is solved. They can help more people and they make a ton of money doing it. And it's just like something that I really, I'm so glad that I started doing because I love the impact it makes so much. It really helps with confidence too. Like all of a sudden they're just empowered. And then they get to that that next step where they're scaling, which is like where you are. It's usually the last piece that has to click before they're like, all right, now I got to bring on some people and then we're going to move up and start growing. And like a lot of times they can even bring on a salesperson and just pass off the framework that we've custom built together. And that salesperson gets the same results. Well, and I think that too, Alicia, what you're, what you're saying here is that not only are people, most entrepreneurs, they're not typically sales trained. 
You know, they have started their own business because they're, it's just like with social media, not everyone, despite unlike yours truly here, wants to just be on social media all day, but they know that it's an important part for their business. And so that's where I come in and I help with the coaching and consulting to help them gain a strategy on their social media. You help them come in and learn the framework for sales, but there's so many entrepreneurs out there that realize these are important parts. They just don't have the training on how to do it yet. And so what you teach is very individualized and specific for each one of your clients. And and it's important for that because it isn't just a copy and paste framework for everyone. Can you talk to us a little bit about how your proven and custom approach is different for everyone and it really helps save time in the sales process? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that's really different is that a lot of times people work with coaches and they're like, go do this, but I build it with you. And all you have to do is implement it. So you don't really have to do anything outside. It's not like time consuming. So it definitely saves time that way. You also have to take significantly less calls because you're closing most of them. Instead of taking 10 calls to close one or two, you can take five calls and close four or five. So that takes a lot less time. And the framework is built around your personality and your service and your audience. So like when we met, you were using this like business coaches framework, which was totally different from social media. And I have a marketing background. So I was very familiar with like how to position social. I was just like, this business coach didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what you were doing basically. And they were like, just do what I do. Exactly. Well, no. And I think that that's where you can't just have a one size fits all. And I'm a strong proponent for having coaches in your life as, as an entrepreneur. You, it's wonderful to have a business coach or a mindset coach or a sales coach because it helps you grow your business. Going back to the business coach, I think that it's so true. You need to find the people that understand what you do because all of us are different. All of our businesses are slightly different and you might find 200, if you Google or search on Instagram, you know, for social media strategists, there's probably going to be thousands that show up, but you are what makes the difference and how you can help somebody. And that's what you teach. um, And that's what you help a lot of your clients figure out, Alicia, is what makes you stand apart from the crowd. That's true. And that is something that is a little unique about me, I think, compared to others. I've been told it's my superpower. And I do love that. I can ask you all the things you do and then pick out the one where I'm like, this, this is different and unique and we're going to play it up. So for Katie, it is helping you get inbound leads with only one hour a week on social media. And that's freaking awesome. Like you compared social media with sales and it's like, people don't like to do it because it's overwhelming, right? It's all this stuff that they don't want to do. So how can I make it so that it's not as much stuff and it's not overwhelming? And so simplifying that process down is what we both do actually. And then you were asking about how I customize it to them. I also do that with language. So like, would you say this? Do you feel weird saying it? If you feel weird saying it, let's not say it like that. Let's say it a different way. Like you could ask somebody how they're doing five different ways. How are you doing? May I inquire about your health? You know, like there's so many different ways to say one thing. There's no need to, to say it in a way that feels weird to the person. So that really helps too. And then we like tweak it over time. So like, for example, one of my other clients was like, this one question isn't landing right. And I think it's the way it's phrased. And so we just changed the way it was 
worded and now it's going great. So I think that what really bothers me about other sales training is this inflexibility. It's like so rigid and you have to do it this one way and then kind of gaslighting you if you don't do it this one way. And if you're not seeing results, it's because you're not following this to a T. And then if you follow it to a T, they say, oh, well, it's because you have poor people mindset. And it's like, never... It's like always your fault. And so people are just like, it's because I'm just terrible at sales. And it's like, no, you're just using the wrong strategy. It's like you make a recipe and it tastes bad. Like you just need a different recipe. Yeah. That matches your taste buds. Well, and, and Alicia too. So I want to talk a little bit about with what your framework is, because a lot of people might be listening and seeing like, so wait, are you saying that I use like a script or like, how does this really work? And Talk to us a little bit about what your the framework is and, and kind of that whole pitch weaving process. Yeah, that's a really good point to point out, Katie. Yes, it is not a word for word script, which is overwhelming for people to think about. And it really distracts them on the call and stuff. And it makes them sound like robotic. You, There's no possible way you can script every conversation. And I've seen people try. They're like 45 page long scripts <laughs> with like, if they say this, then you say that. And it's just insane. Like you start to have some natural intuition in your expertise. So like, here's the structure of it is how the framework goes. And then here are the questions that are going to get the answers that you need. And here's how you're going to position yourself. And you practice that structure, that flow, instead of feeling like you're kind of all over the place, it's like, you can't move on until you have this information, which a lot of people are missing having like certain pieces of information that make a huge difference and then moving the person forward. And so anyway, you have like a flow and then you start adapting it to yourself and you play with it. And I give you these foundational skills for like, when somebody basically Katie's been through it, it's always being curious. Anytime somebody says something, it's trying to understand what the hell they're saying. Because so often we all assume what the other person is saying. And those assumptions are the reason that we lose the sale instead of saying, well, what do you mean by that? Like, well, how much time do you have? Well, what was your experience like before? Like in some sales scripts, we'll, we'll have a little bit of this, like, tell me more about that type of thing, which is great. It's along those lines. So the pitch weaving is like when you get answers, Being able to, so for example, if you work, it's just easiest to give an example. If you are talking as a social media expert and you ask, you know, have you ever worked with a social media agency before? How was the experience? And they're like, well, you know, they were really bad at communication. I only got reports every 30 days and it would take them like multiple days to get back to me. It just felt like I was really low priority. And then you're able to say, you know, that is really common and unfortunate. And we found it makes a huge difference when we have a Slack chat where we can communicate at any time. We're able to have all of our files there and we have a dashboard for you to see your results at any time. So we can have really open communication about that. Does that feel like it would give you the transparency that would make you feel comfortable moving forward? So you're basically like sharing how you're different from their experience and then asking a question about whether that fits in. So you're like seeding, you're like bite-sized little pitches, like throughout the conversation after each answer, it's a conversation exchange instead of the other person giving an answer. And then you just asking the next question, you're giving them feedback on the answer a little bit about like what you do and asking like, is that what you're looking for kind of thing? 
Yeah, no, I love it. And I think that too, by doing that throughout, instead of just listening to what their struggles are, and then at the very end saying, okay, well, this is what I can offer you, or this is what I do. Then they've gotten it and okay, well, I'm going to think about it. And I think that's where you come into a lot of the ghosting people saying, or I need to speak with a spouse for any of our listeners that are uh, coaches and, and consultants that, that do have that kind of waiting period typically to sign up to work with them. It's not, it's different for the service fair for the product-based industries. I get it. But for those of us that are in the service industry, a lot of times you'll sit through the call, you'll have this, you'll feel like it went really well, and then you get ghosted. And I think that's a common problem. Am I right? Yes, it's incredibly common. So that issue is like not uncovering objections throughout, which I've definitely helped. Uh, We do that all the time on our mastermind calls. It's like asking ahead of time and in their framework, we weave in these questions. Does that feel more effective than what you're doing now? You know, does that feel like anything's missing? So the, let me think about it. The objections, they're an uncertainty of like, whether they're an exception, whether this works for them for some reason, whether they believe you. So if you're able to ask throughout the conversation, you know, is this lining up with what you had in mind? Like, does this seem like it's solving your problem? You're able to uncover those objections throughout. So they're like, I mean, kind of. And you're like, well, what do you mean kind of? Like, well, you know, and you're able to have the conversation right there. And the, the other thing about pitch weaving is that their guard, if you get to the pitch, I mean, when somebody gets to the pitch, like, do you lean in? Are you like mm, hanging on every word? Or do you like lean back? Like, okay, this is the part where they're going to like embellish everything and make it sound really good. Cause they're like trying to sell me or whatever. So if you're able to do it throughout the conversation, it sticks way more because the person isn't filtering through this, like you're making it all sound good filter. Well, I I agree. And I think that too, when you're doing it that way, you have the opportunity to showcase your products and show that you're listening to them because for the majority of people, if they're signing up for a, a call with you to do business with you, they have a problem and they think that you can solve it, but for the most part, they just want to be heard. Like this is what I'm struggling with. And it, I can't figure out the answer. Yes, that's so true. So it's the customization of it. A lot of people feel like, oh my God, I need to tell them every single thing in my offer, but they really only need to hear the stuff that's relevant to them. So when you're able to like customize with these bite-sized explanations that are tailored to whatever their issue is, you know, then it's very like you're pitch, so to speak, is customized to them, which is way more effective than just getting to the end and being like, here's all the stuff that it includes. And do you (laughs) want it? And I mean, you can try to customize that stuff at the end, but it's just not as powerful because they have to recall all the stuff that they said and that you're tailoring it to whatever their issue. It's just way easier to do it in little bite-sized chunks. And then you barely have to pitch at all at the end because they've been invested the whole, they're basically sold by the time that you would get to a pitch so to speak. Well, and I think that too, Alicia, this is one of the the problems that a lot of entrepreneurs run into is it's figuring out their, the people that they want to have the calls with. How do you get your right people on the phone or reach out to to them so that you're not wasting your entire week on sales calls with people that aren't your ideal client? And how do you kind of help navigate that path for business owners, because that is a huge time suck. If you're talking to people that aren't necessarily your ideal client. Yes. Katie, you bring up such a great point. You're such a wonderful podcast. host. (laughs) It's very true. 
So people mistakenly think more calls equals more sales, but more calls does not equal more sales. More calls equals drained energy and discouragement. And you're not as quality for the calls that are really good fits for you. So Katie can speak to this too, because you were talking to all kinds of people before we met who were not a fit. So we adjusted the form that they fill out. And there's a lot of different, you know, whenever we work together, we really detail out who sees the most success with you and who you like working with the most. And a lot of people get so scared, like, like Katie does focus on women, but she was like, so scared to focus on women. Like, what if it cuts out the guys, guys still come to her all the time. (laughs) And this happens with everyone I work with. They're always worried that they're going to like exclude people. And it's like, no, they'll still come and you can still let them in. But like you seem more specialized. So you get more of the people that you do want. And you can actually pre-frame someone on that form that they fill out that application to see like all the things you help with, for example. So people don't realize that Katie can help with delegation. She can help with content. She can help with scheduling. She can help with ideas. She can help with ads, positioning ads. So like all of a sudden on a form, somebody's able to say, oh my gosh, like this person can do so much more than I even realized. And so it serves two purposes. They get more excited. And then also Katie knows if they're a fit for her or not. And if they're not, I mean, nobody wants to talk to anybody who's not a fit for them either. Like, oh, I thought you could help me, but you can't. So this was a huge waste of my time. It's definitely for both people. It's not like, ew, you're broke. I can't talk to you. It's like, if you can't afford something, I don't want to spend 30 minutes talking about something that I can't afford. Like that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, so no, no, that's the thing. And we actually, before we hit record here, Alicia, we were talking about houses and I'm not going to go look for houses in Cherry Hills. I, I love looking at them on, on Redfin and stuff, but I'm not going to go and contact my realtor to t- sign me up for a, a walkthrough or an open house or anything. It's a waste of both of, of all of our time. Right. That's a great comparison. Yes. So you'll close a lot more calls when the people are fit for you, obviously. It sounds yeah. common sense, but many people are scared to do that. <laughs> well, and I think that it's because, especially as entrepreneurs, small business owners, solopreneurs, you know, you never want to potentially say no to money. And that's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the biggest mistakes they make is, is saying, well, I'll work with anyone that has money. You know I mean? I need to get my, my business started. And I definitely think that that can be one of the biggest mistakes that they would make. What do you think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners make when they're first starting out? I mean, tail is old as time, right? Everybody has to sort of make that mistake at first. Like you could tell someone just like you tell your kid, don't do that. And they do it. And then they get hurt and they're like, all right, I'm not going to do that. So I think I said, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things where like every solopreneur entrepreneur has to make the mistake of taking on a bad client that doesn't pay them enough. And sometimes they need to do it more than once before they really get it that it is not worth it, that they end up making less money because of it. It's such a hard concept to envision. Like, how could I make less money taking on more clients, but they're draining and they're paying you less money. So you don't have energy and time for other people. And I mean, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. I mean, we've all done it. And once you do it, I've never met someone who has avoided this trap at least in the beginning. But once you've done it, you do not do it anymore. Like you're like, no, hard pass, not worth it. Once you've experienced the pain 
of someone just making your life miserable and paying you pennies. You will never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's true. I think that, you know, we've all, all of us in the, the business, the small business world, the entrepreneur world have probably made this mistake at least once. And it's scary. Like, cause I had to end a contract or fire one of my clients or whatever, however you want to frame it. And I was a nervous wreck about doing it. And I was, after I did, I was like, oh, I have so much more time now. I feel so free. Mm -hmm. And then I had a client come in that was amazing and they paid me more. And I think that that's typically how it will work because you know what to look for. You look, you know, the red flags to be like, I'm not going to do that again. And it's a mistake. That's a huge learning curve. And I do think that all of us probably have made it uh, at some point. What is your best piece of advice that you've ever received in relationship to your business that you think is important for somebody that is just getting started with their business journey. Oh man, for entrepreneurship. I mean, because you never expected probably to be an entrepreneur. I know I never expected no. to have my own business. And Did. if it wasn't for so many entrepreneurs that were five, 10 steps ahead of me, just giving the gift of their time and advice, I know I wouldn't be where I am today. And, and it was for me, that piece of advice of find the people that you want to work with And you're going to have to make hard decisions about ending and accepting contracts. And that was a huge piece of advice. And delegation was another huge piece of advice that helped me grow and and scale my business. Yeah. I mean, I think boundaries are incredibly important in personal and professional life, like letting people know, like, this is the scope of what I'm going to do. And if they ask outside of that scope saying, you know what, absolutely can do that. It's going to be this amount, you know, do you want me to start? (laughs) Like, Don't just let the scope creep happen and same in like personal lives too. You know, so often we just are scared of drawing a boundary, but people respect boundaries. Um, They respect you more if you draw them. And it's just like, you will find yourself compromised into little pieces until there's nothing left. If you don't have those, I mean, the biggest thing, and it's hard to say in a nutshell, but like is mindset, I guess, like really being able to view You're never not going to be scared. Like true courage is doing it anyway, even though you're scared. The fear will never go away. And eventually you start to look at the fear as like a good sign because you're about to grow outside of your comfort zone. And you can't learn if you don't get outside your comfort zone. And if you're not okay with failure, because in every failure is is a lesson, Like you either got a lesson or the result that you needed. So like that to get out of your head and not beat yourself up after the fact is just wildly helpful. Like, I I mean, I heard something one time that was like, anxiety is conspiracy theories about ourselves. And it's so true. Like you're just sitting there in your head, beating yourself up about what could possibly happen or like what did happen. And that's so much time and energy just drained out of you. And, you know, sometimes easier said than done, but the more that you can just get away from that, the more time and energy you will have for your business. I love that, Alicia. And I think it's so true um, with the mindset it's and boundaries. As with all of us, whether you are in the corporate world or if you are an entrepreneur, establishing those boundaries with so much work from home and our phones and having access to email 24-7, it's really hard to establish those boundaries. And they're vital to making sure that you don't lose your mind and you still have the passion for your business that your business deserves. Yeah. The passion is so crucial. Like your energy is everything in business and sales. Definitely like how you're showing up 
I mean, if you're like, I don't want to show up, like everyone can feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Alicia, this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think is important to share? You were so thorough. This was a lovely conversation. (laughs) Well, where can our audience learn more about you and join that Facebook group? Yeah. So my group sales is not a dirty word has all kinds of like free resources in there. Also on my website, aliciabar.com, you can get the pitch weaving series. So there's a three video series and some like accompanying sheets and templates that you can use. And those are probably like the two best ways to see if, you know, what I do feels right for you. And a lot of people have been able to get really great results just from that stuff alone. Yeah. Alicia. And, and I, like I said before, I am a member of Alicia's Facebook group and there is a ton of free resources and content in there. And it definitely helped me level up my sales process. And I know that you do have a course on sales too. I do. I do have a course. Yes. And it can be its own thing. So if you are finding that finances are a little tighter, then you can have the full course with all lifetime updates and all the calls that come with it. And that's just a one-time investment of a thousand nine, nine, seven. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that um, for anyone that's looking to try and grow their business, knowing how to do sales the right way, and like you said, with your, with your Facebook group, sales does not need to be a dirty word. Alicia, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.